1: Download the new Bumble now. I think this song sums up this album perfectly. It's Love is a Losing Game by Amy Winehouse off her 2006 album Back to Black. It's also number 451 out of 500 on the Spotify original, The 500, with me, Josh Adam Myers. What's up, you Kadoogles? Fleece Army. Hope you guys are having a good week. Hope you enjoyed listening to the record. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the only podcast where we're going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums. If you haven't yet, do an Instagram story of how you're listening to the 500. Tag me. At Josh Adam Meyers, put a hashtag 500 podcast. And underneath it, write, What is my ranking in the Fleece Army? And I will give it to you. Okay? You do that for me, I'll rankify your kushpluki. All right, guys. A little bit about the record. So this album was released on October twenty seventh, 2006 on Island Records, produced by Salam Remy and the one and only Mark Ronson. And this is the second and final album from... One of my favorite British vocalist songwriters of all time Amy Winehouse You gotta know She was born a nice Jewish girl In North London in 1983 She had family members That were jazz musicians And her sister Cynthia Was a jazz vocalist And like encouraged Amy To sing and to train in singing So singing in childhood She started writing her own songs At about 15 And then she was singing jazz standards in England, the National Youth Jazz Orchestra, and at clubs by the time she was 16. A couple years later, she signed to Simon Fuller's 19 Management, but it's kept a secret because she's a kid. However, she was discovered by accident after an Island Records A&R man heard her on some production demos and hunted her down to identify who was the person with this incredible voice. Then a year later... In 2003, her jazzy debut Frank came out, which is a nod to both Sinatra and her candid lyrics. Aside from two cover songs on the record, Amy wrote everything, and the critics went nuts for its neo-soul funk dub Jazz Elements. However, despite all the good reviews, Amy wasn't happy about it. So in 2006, Influenced by the girl groups of the 50s and the 60s And the tumultuous on and off relationship That she had with her future husband Amy began her second album Salam Remy, who had produced most of her first record Co-produced this with up and coming producer Mark Ronson And they borrowed the New York singer Sharon Jones band The Dap Kings to back Amy up The funny thing is Amy never met the Dap Kings She didn't meet him until after the record was done But you could definitely feel the energy of this invigorated masterpiece of heartbreak, defiance, love, lust, and substance abuse. So with this amazing album, Amy exploded into the music scene. Everybody knew who she was because of the beehive hairdo, the overdrawn Cleopatra eyeliner, and her ice-cold, zero-fucks-given attitude. In fact, that image owed so much to Ronnie Spector of the girl group The Ronettes that Ronnie would often mistake pictures of Amy for her younger self. Back to Black was an enormous success. Some could say it was because Amy was a perfectionist. Some could say it was the sound of her vocals. Maybe it's the throwback appeal. But one thing is for sure. Amy became the first female British artist to win five Grammys in 2008. But Amy had a long and troubled history of alcohol and substance abuse. We all know that. We all saw it in the media. She also dealt with mental health issues, self-harm, violence. She had an eating disorder. And her fame and infamy saw her in a constant battle with the press and the paparazzi who hounded her at every moment. Tragically, Amy died of acute alcohol poisoning on July 23, 2011 at the age of 27. But Back to Black became the biggest-selling British album of the 21st century, and she holds the Guinness World Record for a female having eight songs simultaneously in the UK singles chart. Without Amy, I don't think you have Adele, Estelle, Cottrell, I just made up the last one, Duffy, Lana Del Rey, Florence and the Machines, you could throw in Lady Gaga, and since her death... She has inspired a generation of young wannabe influencers to sing just like Billie Holiday in their Instagram stories. My guest today has a deep connection to this record. One of my closest friends, the one and only Dulce Sloan. You know her from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. This album and her life are so connected. This was such an incredible experience to be able to go through this record with Dulce and find out why she's so connected to it. Don't forget to rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on Spotify or anywhere you get your pods. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. And for all things 500, go to the website 500 podcastcom Well... Nothing left to say, but here we go with number 451 out of 500 with Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Try to call you dulce Sloan, and I say Dulce. Say. Some people say Dulce, I say Dulce, no. So glad to be You there. are sexy and wild, ooh girl. Smoke a black in my. House. They make me lose my voice. <laughs> you call me Dulce Sloan, I say hi hi. So when we talked about the podcast and you reached out a few days later after i asked you what record you wanted to do Mm -hmm. and you said hold amy winehouse Mm -hmm. because this is my shit so what is it about amy that and this album that you connect with
0: okay so like this album came out like 2006 but i didn't buy until like spring summer 2008 Mm -hmm. um because i was sad about a boy well like two boys And um, so like I'd heard Rehab and then one of my friends, I think she had played it. And what song was it? Because I kept trying to figure out like what made me. I think I heard, you know, I'm no good. And I think that's what made me buy it. And so I didn't know what the. Because like the first album I got that was like a rap album was like Justin Timberlake. And then
1: wait, wait, what
0: What I'm saying is that meant like if you looked at the CDs that I had, they were all like every Bone Thugs and Harmony CD. And then, it was, oh, like, you're G-I- saying that
1: wasn't rap.
0: That wasn't. Oh, rap.
1: I thought you said was rap. I was no. like, just JT been, no. been slanging so slangin
0: bars. <laughs> never. So it's like so there wasn't a lot of things that weren't uh, rap music that I listened to because I had like this and then I had Lily Allen and. And then Image and Heap, so I was just starting to... Because I've always listened to like other stuff, like Chili Peppers and all that other shit, yeah. but I didn't like buy it. I was like, oh, this was on MTV, or this was on the radio, I'm fine. But this like the first time I was just like, I need something that's not about guns, hoes, and money. was basically where I went. Because most of the time I'm listening to music, mm, I want to hear about Gun, Home, and Money. Because like I was never... And one of my friends hates me for this, but I was never really huge in R&B. Um, no Gerald Levert. No, I'm not 40. So, like, <laughs> I'm not always throwing a family reunion either. But, like, I bought this because I was sad about a boy. Really? Is why I bought this album. Because, like, I had heard stuff from and I was like, this will help me. And I was in my house. I was in my room listening to it. And my mother kicked in the door and we're like, who is this sad bitch? Turn, turn it, it off. Turn this shit off. This hoe is worse than, like, she said, who is this sad bitch? Turn it off. She's worse than Sade. It's the suicide what? soundtrack. Turn this shit off. Sade's the shit. My mother said this is a suicide soundtrack. She is worse than Sade. Turn this sad bitch it must off. Must have been
1: like a Love is a Losing Game or something. Whatever song, was song it
0: was on, my mother said, We are not doing this in this house. Turn this off. But I also, but my mother's like,
1: Look. she was like, Here, put on some good music. Knock if you buck. Knock no, if don't, you buck. Knock like, if you buck. <laughs> that's, that's some happy music.
0: It's an amazing If you buck. Song. I'm a nook. Facts. Um, but anyway, no, I bought it because I was sad about a boy, and my mother was very annoyed by it. Because um, my mother was an offense. like, we don't do sad music. I remember being in the ba- in the shower singing Cry Me a River, and my mother beat on the door and was like, hey, we ain't crying no rivers in here. Shut up. So she don't play that sad shit.
1: So, all right, so you grew up in a household that was against any kind of uh, – No,
0: she's the reason I know Sha Day. Well,
1: I mean, yeah, but I'm saying, like, is incredible. But specifically Amy, like – What did this boy do to you That made you connect with her
0: Oh man Um, I gave you a lot of tangents Because I'm good for a tangent Um, Basically So I don't know if you've ever heard of me Speak of a gentleman called um, Nicknamed the mechanic Um, Me and him went back and forth From January of 2007 Until December of 2015 So right before I moved to L.A. Um, and it was just a tumultuous, back and forth, off and on relationship. So in
1: 2008, where is it? Is it over? So in
0: 2008, it is. So in 2008, I would have. This was like the spring. So, end of 2007. Um, one of his. So he decided he didn't want us to date, but he just wanted us to hang out. And I was like, fine, whatever. And so him, like one of his friends was over at the house, who, this boy can only be described as walking sex. He is a problem. Because the first time I ever met him, I'm just like, I'm going to have to make this dude hate me. Otherwise, I'm going to fuck him in front of this dude. And so.
1: I mean, we've all been there.
0: We've all been yeah. there. And so.
1: I'm walking Chlamydia.
0: you are i sound
1: like walking chlamydia you
0: sound like walking scurvy um you sound like an 1800s disease no like consumption or something fun like that um and so i was over at the house one day it was like in december and i was wearing something cute i guess so his friend started flirting with me because me and him hadn't spoken in a while it became a back and forth what was crazy is that the friend is nicknamed the dummy walking sex is nicknamed the dummy because he's so stupid one day I was at his house and he told me that the reason he was dating me was to get back at the mechanic, for a girl that had, had dated him, and quit dating him to date the mechanic.
1: Were you living in Melrose Place? No, what was, the fuck is going on? I was the mechanic. Li- is this is this a flavor of love? They well, all. Well, like I'm not gonna say their like, real <laughs> names. <laughs> guess. Um, yes. Well, let you'll let find guess. out when we start going through the songs. You'll find out. There um, was, <laughs> one was Schlamika.
0: No uh, One of them was Well one of them Is actually a third And the other one's a fourth They're both ridiculous Okay um, But So I start dating the dummy And Sex is amazing Dumb as a box of rocks Yeah We can't hold a conversation Because there's so much Sexual chemistry But He's also very Dumb And he sells drugs And is flagrant On his fucking phone so he sells weed, and he'll like call me. I'm like, where are you at? He's like, oh, I'm at the Shell station on Pleasant Hill. I'm like, get off my phone! Yeah. First of all, you're selling drugs with a phone with a fucking SIM card in it. You're an idiot for that. So basically, this is what I'm dealing with. Because I started dating a mechanic because I had a, a 92 Pontiac with 283,000 miles on it that was leaking oil and transmission fluid. So I started dating a mechanic. But, and he lived down the street from my house. And so... I would go over there all the time, and it was just very much off and on, off and on, off and on. He had a tendency to um, ignore me, which I think is the highest level of disrespect. And so I hated being ignored, and he hated people coming to his house unannounced. So when he would start ignoring me, you I would, went to his house unannounced. I would go yeah. to his house unannounced.
1: Typical woman move.
0: Oh sure, right. <laughs> um, I Can't also, let a man live. Oh, it was also twenty-three. Sure. So it was a lot of bullshit like that because he's one of those people. There's anything going on in his life that's just causing him stress, he shuts out everybody. So like he won't talk to his mom, he won't talk to his friends. But you don't know if you're the problem. You just know he's disappeared.
1: Is he? Is he going to be coming up a lot in when we talk about this record? He is the entire album. Perfect. All right. Well, let's let's get back to Amy because okay. I know we're going to be bringing him up, and listeners are like, "What what album is this again?"
0: It doesn't matter. I'm sad. No, well, I, used I, to be I get sad it. Um, but, Wait, but so,
1: but so she's singing all of this stuff. You're dealing with this asshole. Mm-hmm. What do you is it is it just is it just the music? Is it just the voice? Is it the look? Because I think that's one of the big questions I wanted to know is is why is like why is this album so important? Is it because Amy Winehouse is an icon like Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks or even someone like Michael Jackson that's going to be remembered? You know, fifty to a hundred years. Well, my question, like,
0: I always wonder because it's like, how many albums did she have before she died?
1: She had two. She had Frank, and she had this one.
0: Right. This and is so- the one that blew her up. Right, and the, and the, she's in the 27 club where she died at 27, she's right? She's in
1: the club with uh, Brian Jones and Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, I'm missing, I think Mama Cass.
0: Also, I did not know Jimi Hendrix was 27 when he died because every picture I saw of him, I thought the nigga was 40. <laughs> so that black cracked. <laughs> the black crack. That black cracked. That black was all the way to the floor. Um, I think it's because... I think people related to this album. I only related to this album because it spoke to a very specific time for me. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, even if you're in a good relationship, when you hear this album, it makes you remember. It's like all of those times where you were upset about a person that you were dating and you couldn't articulate how you felt it perfectly because it's like those little things where it's just like this is a bad situation but I want to be here and that sometimes I think is hard to explain to people because like I'd have friends like one of my friends was one day I was like she's like you can't talk to me about this man anymore because you keep telling me these things my mother was like you only tell me the bad things about him so I can't justify you still speaking to him so I think it's a situation where it's like Cause there's so many songs in the album where like, I am very heartbroken about this person, but I also wrote a song about this person. So it's still that wanting somebody to love you and wanting to be loved by somebody, I think is the entire essence of it because there's so many times you deal with people. Cause you're just like, this person loves me and I love them. Why does this not work?
1: I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, peer pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Funny thing that you're talking about this. Um, so she was in a relationship mm-hmm. when she made this record.
0: Oh of course she was
1: But this isn't a The the album's not about the boyfriend It's about the guy before Right And just so everybody knows uh, This guy's name's Blake I'm not gonna say his name For the rest of the episode Because he is such a piece of shit And the reason that Amy Winehouse is gone So for the rest of the episode uh, Dulce what do you want to call this piece of shit
0: Let me see a picture of him His eyes are dead.
1: So what does that mean? Dead eyes?
0: I get. Yeah, let's call him dead eyes.
1: Oh, he's probably, because he's on heroin. All right, we're going to call him Needle Dick Dead Eyes for the rest (laughs) of the episode.
0: We're not going to give you the uh, respect to say your name.
1: Yeah, he doesn't deserve it. Not at all. Because here's the thing, and this is is the big thing, is that I was working for a TV station, Uh, most of my fans know, Channel 1 News, First on the dial, uh, I was a music director. I got sent Amy, and I got sent uh, Lily Allen. Everybody loved Lily Allen, and I was just like, I was like, who is this Amy Winehouse? It was like just everything about her, like the voice, like her style, and then like the the unspoken yet spoken talk about her her drug use and her life being kind of out of control. Because it didn't start there, (laughs) but it was like there were like moments that it would pop up, and I just was like. This person is a rock star. This is a Billie well, Holiday like this. She's up there with some of the greatest soul well, singers the thing that of all time.
0: Me about her, because I was like Amy Winehouse. I was like, this is the black lady. Because it was kind of like the thing when I first heard her, and I was like, ooh, you know, black lady. And I saw, her, and I was like, what
1: is happening? Yeah, you think she's black, but, but she's just this short Jewish girl, this small little Jewish girl. From East or North or South or West London. Oh my I God, didn't you could it have down. looked that up. I could have, but I forgot <laughs> any, it.
0: Just Lo- any kind of direction <laughs> <you> Lo- <laughs> She's from but London. But she grew up listening to that music because her dad was a musician, yes. right? And I get it, but it's just like, it's such a... I come from a culture where our music is stolen from us and then it's monetized and given back to us, right? Because black people created genre, every genre of music that we have in America right now. So, and they were the basis for it. So to hear that... Another example of that That's also the reason that I didn't have her album when it first came out because I was just like Oh, this is the white girl singing like us. I'm very not interested and then I found out mm. she was British and no, I, was just I don't like, I
1: don't I don't think I don't think I think that's her man that I think like I don't think she's stealing not, this from anybody No, I'm I not think saying that, that, that she yeah. stole
0: it. What I'm saying is that when the when it comes to how the styles of how people sing, This is not usually a, especially for white and British this is not a style that is that they sing in. So for me, it was like, oh, so she grew up listening to this. Fine. I have no real opinion. It was just like, oh, I'm not going to consume this in the way that probably other people are consuming it. Because if, for me, it was I appreciate the style. I hear what you're listening to. I completely get it. But like there's. There's Christian singers and then there's gospel singers Like, you see what I'm saying. So for me, it was just like, okay, this is a style she sings in, whatever. And I really didn't take it in for a while because I was just like, rehab's cute. I'm good. And I can tell you have to be talented to sing that way. I'm not saying she's not talented. But for me, it was just like, oh, this is a white girl singing like us. She's making money from it. Congratulations, bitch. Ta-da. Yeah. And so, but that's always going to be my perspective because I can only come to the perspective of a people who are stolen from and that's the only way I could look at it so it took me a while to like be like all right, well let me listen to this because it ended up being significant to me at the time but when it first came out I wasn't going through what I ended up going through two years later and I still had to come to the point where I was just like that's just how the bitch sings like I had this conversation with a bunch of people but it wasn't until I said this conversation with black people that I was able to come to terms with it because white people going to me that's how she sings like I don't care what you think yeah People aren't stealing from you, so me and like literally had this conversation with Black I'm like, "What do we think about this?" And it had to come to a point. I'm like, all right, let's just have the bitch say that's fine. Uh,
1: okay. On that,
0: hmm.
1: not saying you're right or you're wrong. I I think this is this album is probably one of the most lyrically honest records uh, I've listened to so far. Uh, in this trip down the 500 Greatest Albums list. That's why I related to it, yeah, was because it, of the lyrics. There you go. All right, so, but also, it's like, I think you can put her lyrics up there with Bob Dylan's, like, on just sheer poetry, sheer honesty. I think everything about her, like I mentioned, the style, the drugs, the voice, the look, the, the inconsistency in her live performances, like, all of this shit—the the heart-wrenching breakup. You no, know, no. Just as it started going, like she was missing shows, she was getting high and drunk. I mean, there's that famous video of her doing cocaine, um, like doing a oh, bump I remember of this. pulling coke out of her out of her hair, doing Witch. a bump of it. Baller move. Pulling drugs. I mean, we've all done a bump on stage. Come on. Never done. But I, I feel like I feel like this this album is incredible. I don't think every song is perfect, but I think every song stands out in its own track as an individual. I don't think this album sounds the same, mm-hmm. but I think after reading the lyrics, listening to the music, knowing her story, and knowing that she's passed, mm-hmm. this just—I mean, this just hit me. And, and I, I honest to God, I'm like, I think it, could it be higher? Yes, but I think this is an incredible record. All right, let's dive into the album. So it opens with a song that you can't get out of your head. And if you lived in the world in 2006, you probably heard this at least 5,000 times. Mm-hmm. It's Rehab. This is the undeniable hit from the record, and it pulls you right in. So... It was written when Amy told producer Mark Ronson about everyone, including her dad, insisting she do something about her drinking during her breakup. And she literally told them, no, no, no. So Mark knew a hooky idea when he heard it and he wrote it and recorded it shortly after. Now, they didn't think this was going to be as big a hit as it was uh i in my opinion I'm like how could you not know that it's it's got everything you need in the song it's got the hook the horns the honesty in the lyrics
0: this is the reaction that someone would have if they have a drinking problem and they're just like no i'm not going cuz we've all met people who have been like you should probably go to rehab and this seems the most fun response to I'm not going I to mean, fucking this is rehab. Her, this
1: is her fighting with her father saying yes. fuck you I'm not going to rehab because you know it wasn't like honey you need to go to rehab. Oh no 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 no. No this is. I'm probably like you're killing yourself. You're fucking uh, killing yourself. She's like I-, I could give a shit I'm not going. Mm-hmm. Alright play a little bit of the song for me Peter. I don't What the fuck, dude? I don't ever want to drink again. I just, ooh, need a friend. I'm not, this is my favorite part. I'm not going to spend 10 weeks have everyone think I'm on the mend. Because she knows she's not stopping.
0: Yeah. That's why. It's and she's fu- like, I just, she's like, I'm just going to go so I'm not crying anymore. And then I'm getting out and I'm going to fucking drink again. Oh,
1: I love that so much. But
0: it's like, it's a very honest response because like, if you're someone that's just like, Cause like I smoke, I'm trying to stop smoking. But then there's last lot times I was like, I'm gonna stop smoking today. And I'm like, I need a fucking cigarette. So like you have those moments. You're like, I'm definitely gonna do this. I'm definitely gonna do yeah. this. Yeah. I'm not doing this.
1: It's weird, man. Because like with me and opiates, there were so many nights where I was like, I'm gonna die if if I if I go to sleep. But I gotta go to sleep because I gotta do a show, show tomorrow or do press in the morning. So I was like, all right, well if I live through this opiate, you know, night, like I'm quitting, t- you know, tomorrow or when I get back to. To back home and, and then you wake up the next morning, you're like, I lived. Fuck yeah, dude. Plop plop. <laughs> Let's go hit the motherfucking serious
0: XM. I'm so afraid of drugs.
1: Well, but but that's the thing. It's the same with smoking. It's the same yeah. with vaping. It's the same with all of that. She's not lying. That's why this is so great. Cause she's literally like she's like, All right, I'll go, but I'm gonna drink again. Everybody so spend no your money.
0: I'm gonna hang out and then I'm gonna get the fuck out of this place and I'm gonna drink again.
1: So, Dulce, you're incredibly open with your comedy, mm-hmm. and you are truthful to yourself and to the world around you. In this way, you and Amy are iconoclists and the same. Why is it vital to be honest in your art like Amy? Um, when I first
0: started doing stand-up, I would talk about... It was very observational or situational and... um. Big Kenny who was mentoring me. And got me to start doing stand up. He was like when you start talking about yourself. That's when you're going to be good. And it took me a year and a half. To do that. One day I was just on a show. And I was just like. I was doing this set. And I was like two minutes in. And I was like fuck this set. And just started talking. About just the stuff that I was thinking about. And ended up being good. And I'd recorded the set. And I ended up with a whole new ten minutes. Just because I was like. Fuck this bullshit! I was doing because I just kind of had like a break where I was just like, "This isn't not. This is not me." And I don't want to say it's like I only know how to talk about my because everyone the best thing the best thing everybody knows how to do is talk about themselves, but I think that I have to do it because a lot of times it's just a way to get the jumble out of my head. Kind of and also it's I have to talk about me because a lot of times People don't talk about women that look like me So that is my way of just adding something Because I've always wanted I mean I've been acting since I and singing since I was a kid So I've always added something to The creative space or whatever But I think with stand-up, it's a way for me to show people that women that look like me are people. Because I feel like a lot of times we get characterized, we get caricatured. um, Like what I do. Yes, exactly what you do. And it's people don't realize that we're almost, like we're humans too. Of course. But yeah, that's why I can only think of that. Plus, I don't know. I honestly don't know what else to talk about.
1: No, I get it. It's, like, it's, I don't it's, know what you, you I'm You can only to. be honest. and, and I don't it, know what it, else
0: I'm supposed to tell people. It,
1: people people have said to me, it's like, you know, because I'm still trying to tap into even more honesty, and people have said to me, when you hit that stuff, it's like, that's it. It's over.
0: Well, but there's also stuff that I don't talk about because I don't want to... I'm not giving you everything. Like, there's stuff I have to keep to myself. Because if I give you everything, I don't have anything left for me. Sure. And that's why sometimes it's hard to talk to people after shows for me because you can feel like it's just, hey, great set. Let's take a picture, but And then they want to go past that. And I'm very happy that you came to the show. I'm very happy that you came to listen to me because if you couldn't come, I wouldn't have a career. But there's sometimes with people, they just, you can feel they want more from you. And I'm like, I don't know what you need. And so I sometimes feel bad because I can't give them this thing that I don't understand that they want from me. Yeah. So that's kind of like, so I can kind of relate where it's just like, if you wrote an entire album, and you put all your pain in these, what, 10 songs? 11. 11 songs. You put all your pain in these 11 songs. Every time you perform those songs, you open that wound back up. Oh yeah. And I think that would probably contribute to a
1: to a junkie, yeah, she was a junkie. I mean, full blown. Mm. All right, let's go into the second song. Uh, Peter, play a little bit of "You Know I'm No Good." This is such a funky song uh, about you know, cheating in a relationship. I love it.
0: This is my favorite song. I like, to, like, just sing, just like around my house. Well, no, usually in my car when I was like driving somewhere. But the other thing about this song is like sometimes it was like, because in that relationship, a lot of times I would feel bad about myself, about what was going on. A lot of times I would sing this song because I felt like I was singing about myself.
1: So the first verse starts off with a fight breaking out in a bar when her boyfriend confronts one of the guys she's sleeping with on the side.
0: Okay, I never got that.
1: Okay, I got the whole song. Verse two. She's sleeping with her ex-boyfriend, but she can't get off unless she thinks about her current man, which we've all done. Have I never heard this song? Dude, there's still more. Her boyfriend says it's okay for now, but it will have to stop when they get married. She cries for him because she knows she'll never be faithful. I
0: feel like I've never heard this song.
1: Best part, verse three. She and her boyfriend have worked things out. But then he notices a carpet burn on her skin from doing it doggy style, probably. Instead of making a big deal out of it, he just shrugs, which actually makes her feel even worse. Because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, but I love this song. And you know what? This is actually uh, this is actually the story of her boyfriend at the time, which is Alex Kane. So... So this isn't about Needle Dick. This isn't about Needle... No, it's was about... She, she fucked Needle Dick.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: it's about Alex, her saying to Alex, like, I'm I'm no good. I told you I was trouble. Yeah. Have you ever been played?
0: Not. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so that, that relationship with the mechanic, that guy just played you out? Or... Oh, no. He
0: was too lazy to cheat on me. Because that would require him to put forth effort. It just... <sighs> I can't talk about this and fully justify why I kept speaking to this man. But... It was played as in he lied to me a lot. As in, in the moment, hey, let's do something this weekend, da, da 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 And he would tell me yes in the moment so he didn't have to deal with the fact that he wasn't going to do it. So as soon as there was any follow-up once I left the house, then it's, well, you know, and this and that. So he never was going to yeah, do what he said he was going to do. And all I wanted to do was something as simple because, like, I can tell you...
1: I just wanted to go see Jumanji what to do.
0: I just wanted to go to the fucking movies or just go to dinner or just do whatever.
1: All right, well, let me ask you this. Have you have you ever played somebody like Amy did? Him. Oh, you flipped the script.
0: Well, because I did date his best friend. And then a year later, I started hooking up with the best friend again, but we didn't tell him because the best friend really wanted to tell him. But there are so many times I said to him, hey, man, because after, after I stopped talking to the dummy... I was like, listen, that dude is not your fucking friend. Quit fucking with him. I hung out with him. But the whole time I was talking to the dummy, he was still, now he was hitting me up. So.
1: Here's the court real question Was the D good? Uh, That's a no. All right, moving on, guys. Next let- song has <sighs> probably. <laughs> The best opening line on the album, it's me and Mr. Jones. It's the very, very famous, what kind of fuckery is this? You made me miss the Slick Rick gig. I love this. Oh man, and then this is the best thing in the fucking world. What kind of fuckery are you? Side from Sammy, you're my best black Jew. Which
0: is a wild line. Which is
1: great, but what's even greater is that the background singers then sing Best Black Jew right after. Hit it, play it.
0: What kind of fuckery are you? You know why the song is so significant to me why because the mechanic is mr jones
1: he's mr jones he's do you know who mr jones really is no
0: the mechanic's last name is jones Oh.
1: One hit thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know each week we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget and we decide if they brought the one hit thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time The Bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the dutchie, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Hello, everybody. Like our concerts on the Corner Series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on the Corner of Gray Street. Mechanic Jones.
0: When I bought the album, I was like, okay, these songs are good. And I was listening to it, and when this song came on, I was like, oh, this bitch this bitch is here. Like I thought that somebody had rolled up in my life because I literally, like I can go line for line and make parallels to every line in that song to my relationship with this man. Do you understand that this man helped me realize that like
1: you're worth something?
0: Well, that took me years to figure out, but it helped me learn the power of words and it helped me learn the power of being quiet because there's so many times in a relationship as a woman, you're just like, I need you to understand. I need you to understand. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. And I learned from this man, if you just be quiet, because men, especially black men are just accustomed to just, you grew up with your mom yelling at you and then your girl will yell at you. And it's just like, you can tune this out. But when you get quiet, that's when I realized men will go, oh. Shit, she's thinking, nah, fuck, I gotta go to put a dick in her or give her food. Like something she's not talking, she's thinking something's I could she could murder me. The thing that fucked me up the most about this song is when there's the when she says nobody stands the whole line you're talking about how the dude's trash. But then you're saying nobody stands in between me and my man. It's me and Mr. Jones.
1: But she's not but this is the, the thing. I don't think she's calling this guy trash. She's it's dude, that's it's, what kind of like you called the man fuckery, which isn't a good which thing. Is, which was almost the title of the song they were going to call it. Fuckery. Me and Mrs. Jones it, is
0: much a better, is of a course way better title. It's,
1: it's it's reminiscent of Billy Paul's nineteen seventy two hit, Me and Mr., Miss Me and Mrs. Jones. I know that song about an illicit affair with a married woman. This song, right, is actually mm. about Queens, New York rapper Nas, who Amy had a crush on. Nas is that Nasir the slick Rick gig? So no, well he he. They were so while so while they began a close friendship over the phone and computer, and they guessed it on each other's songs. Nas and Amy only met once, and and only hung out in person for a few days. But she's like flirting with them. That's, that's the well, whole that's what song. I'm saying. She's flirting, Here. but it
0: is a flirt. That's what I'm saying. Like when you're in a relation, like when you're in a back and forth. This song is the best way. It's like it's a push and pull. The whole song is talking about a push and a pull, right? You don't mean dick to me, but I'll let you make it up to me. As in,
1: yeah, that's it. Right, She's but that's about a saying. crush. He stood her up, so she missed the slick grit gig. You know, yeah, and he then, stood her or, up. Or not, maybe, I don't know if he stood her up, but my understanding is like maybe she went to do something to hang out with him because she has a crush on him. I don't know the actual story of it, but what I do know is that this is just such a sweet beautiful song that is so sweet because it's just about being attracted to somebody. Best part of the whole song That's is the outro. That's what you got from the song? Play the outro at uh, 202, buddy. That is just fucking perfect. Now, who is God, your celebrity crush? Uh... Well, if you could fuck any celebrity, who's it going to be?
0: Am I combat? Am You, you I... could go
1: any any history. You could go all the way back to like you know uh, fucking. So
0: I'm not confined by space and time.
1: No, you could fuck Frederick Douglass if you want to.
0: My mom was fuck him. Um, Harry met Sally. Billy Crystal. What? Dead ass. So serious.
1: So why? Serious. Why are you?
0: Cause he looked good in that movie. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, people give me that reaction a lot.
1: <laughs> I don't the f- I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, I, I want, I don't think I think you're the first person <laughs> next to his wife that's come out of his mouth, I want to fuck Billy Crystal. Harry
0: <laughs> Met Sally, Billy Crystal.
1: Yeah, you're not going to take him from fucking... Not, you know, not now. You're not doing Mr. Saturday Night, Billy Crystal. Hell,
0: I could do City Slickers, Billy Crystal, if you really want to know what's happening. Really? Yeah. I could <laughs> see
1: running scared, but not, you know, him and Gregory Hines, because he looked good there. That was like...
0: Uh, Mm. Or maybe like a Willy Wonka Gene Wilder Um,
1: (laughs) No wonder you're attracted to me You're into these funky ass (laughs) Fucking ugly guys And then I fit Uh,
0: in (laughs) Billy Crystal's not ugly Yeah I mean And Gene Wilder had doll eyes
1: Alright next song on the record Is Just Friends Like us (laughs) Just platonic friends Play a little bit of Just (laughs) Friends
0: (laughs) When will we the time be just, just
1: this is about whether or not Amy and Dead Eyes Needle Dick can get past their romantic past and just be friends. P.S. They couldn't.
0: Yeah, that's what me and that's what me and this man were trying to do. We yeah. were trying to be like, all right, let's be friends, and then it was just not work
1: yeah and you know what's funny is like so
0: because we'd end up sleeping together again or just mainly that and it's like all right, well we're not gonna date we're just gonna be friends we're just gonna hook up we're just gonna hang out we're just gonna and it was like it's all of this and I'm like why are we trying to do this but then it gets to the point where you love somebody and you're like okay I have a romantic love for you not a general love for you so I want to see you and I want to do that and it's the same shit over and over and over again And that's literally what it is. It's like, I'm trying to be friends
1: with you. (coughs) And it won't work. Yeah. All right. You ready to get into Back to Black, which I think is her best song she's ever done? I
0: think that's the best song on the whole album.
1: Yeah, so do I. Play the chorus at 2.08. You know. So uh, first thing, when I heard this song, I was like, this swings like a slower Baby Love by the Supremes. Uh, Play a little bit of Baby Love real quick. You hear it? Yeah. So this was actually inspired by the Shangri-La's Remember walking in the sand. It's a perfect description of being jilted in a relationship for another person. Okay? Producer Mark Ronson said it took Amy Winehouse about two or three hours to write the lyrics and melody to Back in Black, or Back to Black, I'm sorry. From start to finish, the lyrics are a master class in concision. Uh, the thesis, I died a hundred times, you go back to her and I go back to Black, perfectly describes the point during a breakup when there are no more moments to overanalyze and all that's left is the fact of the hurt. And that's why I love this song.
0: Um, I'm sorry, I just had a flashback. Um, it's like an emotional flashback, so I don't know how to... Fix that. Um,
1: what 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 just came back?
0: Just how I felt when I was listening. To this song. Cause I if I think about it correctly, like this is like I dated a guy before him. I did like two guys seriously before him, and actually was engaged to somebody before I met him. But when I when you think of like like your first love, like this was my first love. Yeah. So. There were so many times where it was just like, I don't know what I did to this person.
1: To make him treat you like that? Yes. And I don't. You didn't do anything. It's not you.
0: Right. And But the thing is, it's just like, I'm also 24. And I didn't have like a lot of boyfriends in high school and I didn't have a lot of like, this is my first person that I really like, really loved. And I just remembered, like, all of those times I couldn't get what I wanted. Not what I wanted, but, like, I couldn't get what I was feeling reciprocated back from this person. But I also, I didn't know if anyone else was going to love me. I just knew this person did. And I was trying to figure out everything I could do to get him to love me, to get him to show me he loved me the way the same way that I showed him that I loved him. And so there were so many times that I felt pushed away and pushed away and pushed away. And I just didn't have it in me to go. I'm not going to talk to this person anymore. And I just didn't. Ha- I just didn't have it in me to be like, I have to not see him, because like, I'd have these moments where it's like, I'm not going to see him, I'm not going to do this, I deserve better than this, I deserve better than this, and there was something in me that's like, but what if you don't deserve better than this? This is a relationship, you have to work at it, you have to do this, like he has, and that's just kind of where I was, and I just kind of felt stuck. And then there's him, and then I dated a stupid friend, and so it's, The friend just ghosted me out of the fucking blue don't know what happened and he starts dating this other girl So now i'm just like in this weird fucking place that I think kind of Followed me Through subsequent relationships So anytime I play that song, I would always remember how bad I felt in that relationship even when i listened to it while we were still together but i still wouldn't leave
1: yeah a lot of people don't you know i stayed in a relationship a year past the the expiration point you know and it's because when you're with somebody you feel like you're whole or and and like if like you know, the guy's going away then you start judging yourself and saying i'm wrong for this it's like there's nothing wrong with what you did that happens to people all the time
0: right and then the other thing is he went to afghanistan for a year to be a mechanic in Afghanistan for the army, asked me to wait for him. And when he came back, he told me he didn't want to be together.
1: What a fucking dick!
0: Oh yeah, and the dick was well. You know what? Great. You
1: know what? It's it, it all made sense because you love blow and he loves puff. You um, know what I mean? <laughs> he
0: because of blow and cooking is the only reason. And when I say blow, I mean blow. Jobs um, is the only reason he kept me around because I'm good at sucking a dick and cooking food. Josh,
1: uh, I mean. Producer Mark Ronson was introduced <laughs> to Amy via their shared publishing company, and they talked about what she was inspired by for their for her next album. Mark came back the next day with the piano riff and drum pattern for this, which led to five or six songs being co-written in a couple weeks. And something I thought was really cool, because I, this is her best song. I think this is the one that everybody thinks of, because it's just it's just, like you said, it's heart-wrenching. It's a heart-wrenching song. When she
0: just goes, when she just says black repeatedly.
1: Oh, it it's kills. Dude, if you watch it in the documentary where it's just her in the booth singing it, and she's just reading her notebook, I mean, it's just, it's you feel it, dude. In 2018, NPR ranked this as the number four greatest song by a female or non-binary artist in the 21st century. Uh, it's a little interesting. The next song, though, is probably... I don't think it's her best song but it's my favorite one that she's ever you, done and that's Love is a Losing Game you know uh,
0: this song one bitch duh uh, because you heard what, how I emotionally got on the last song um, but I would sip I would skip this song one because I was already sad from the previous song so I had to skip it so I didn't spiral but also the music is for me a little is like oddly a little upbeat so you're saying love is a losing game, but it's just this is kind of like, here, you play it and you're like, to me it's not it's not very upbeat. But there was just something it's
1: not in, upbeat at all. No,
0: no, no. But there was just something about it was like it doesn't have the gravity of Back to Black.
1: See, I I, I think this is I mean this is Back to Black is now she's lost. You know she's back to her original sadness that she is experiencing because that's all she's got. And love is a losing game is her accepting. You know of what love is And what it was in that relationship Peter play Minute
0: 15 profound, the tips, I'm thinking young love when I hear the music But I'm hearing love is a losing game When I hear the words And I was like I'm already crying I can't do this And so I would always have to skip that. I would listen to it, and by like minute in, I'd have to skip the song because I was listening to the words, and I was like, "Nope, nope, can't do it, girl. (laughs) I I love, bye, bitch. I can't, I can't do this with you. Yeah,
1: I got it. Because I already
0: feel like I'm fucking up.
1: Well, is is love a losing game?
0: I don't think so, because there's so many kinds of love. Sure.
1: So it can't us we We're talking about Specifically romantic
0: Oh I have <sighs> I think for me It hasn't been good <laughs> um, There's been Times where it's been Good But I can that's Count the... them on one hand
1: But that's the thing is It's just Listen It's 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 out there Trust You have to trust in that You just keep being The kind of person that you are And looking for what you want and, Yeah
0: and, but like There's so many don't people Don't say that... you'll
1: find that
0: yeah, but there's so many people that people say that to.
1: I see you have to say that to everybody because that's just, there's mantras of life that you just have to accept. It's just like you can't, there's somebody out there for you. You now know what you don't want right. from a guy. And if a right. guy shows you that shit that the mechanic showed you, you're gonna fucking peace, motherfucker. Peace. I yeah, I was
0: like seeing this guy in New York and I'd never had someone speak to me the way this man was attempting to speak to me. Like, just truly. Like, just truly out of the frame. And I just went, and it was like, it was four days that I hung out with this man. It felt like six fucking months. And I was like, I am out of this. And he. It was bad or is good? Oh, awful. All
1: right, well. You, Horrible. I mean,
0: so, but that was the point. And so one of the girls at work was just like, did you learn anything? And I was like, I learned that if this was a couple years ago. I would have continued to speak to this man.
1: There it is. But, okay, but you didn't.
0: But she was like, well, how much longer? I said, I don't know. Maybe he would have lasted three weeks. Because I would have to murder this man in his sleep for the way he was talking to me. But also, them New York dudes. It's too... It's always too early to wake up to that accent. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, how you doing? You
0: Hey, Ma, good. you want some eggs? Nigga, sit down. Why are you clapping? Why are hey, your yo, shoes on? They all, say, they
1: all sound like Method Man. Hey, yo, Ma, always,
0: what you doing? Why are you swaying? We're not in a music video. Quit moving. It's exhausting, and they always have on shoes.
1: Yeah. All right, so we just gotten through about six songs that I think are are perfect in every way. Now we're getting into the part of the album that I do enjoy. It's just not as as it didn't hit me as much. So you have Tears Dry on My Own, which
0: you need after the last two songs.
1: Yeah, I guess you do. <laughs> you definitely you need do. those
0: songs. You need to go. You can, you can make you feel better.
1: It's so good too. They're they're great songs. I just I just was a little. I just It did not hit me The way the first six did Then you have Wake Up Alone Which I do Every day <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> I do too Why well, have Lekha. But this This was the first song Amy wrote during A month of songwriting sessions With British producer And composer Paul O'Duffy uh, It's another Breaking Up song uh, I almost great cried song. twice
0: When I was Listening did you? to that song Yeah Here,
1: Play a little bit of it Play a little bit of Wake Up Alone for me
0: It's okay In the day Staying busy Tied up enough So I don't have to Run to
1: I mean that's just That's so beautiful Alright Some Unholy War uh, This is another song uh, Amy wrote uh, For Dead Eyes Needle Dick And it's a great song uh, And then you have He Can Only Hold Her But with the, th- the song Some
0: Unholy War Didn't affect me Until the mechanic Went to Afghanistan Really? So when he w- so when I would listen to that song, it had a different significance because he was fucking Afghanistan. Sure. And if any war is an unholy war,
1: it's the Afghani war.
0: It's that one, <laughs> but it was also the conflict between still dealing with him with him being gone and then him being in actual, at an actual fucking war.
1: Hilarious.
0: So. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah.
1: Then we go into He Can Only Hold Her. I, I think this is a catchy song. Uh, it was written and demoed by a producer, John Peanut Harrison, which I just love nicknames, so Peanut's a fucking good one. And then the final song on the record, which I think is after all of these breakup records, after all of these songs... About love ending and, and and being sad and crying and and how love is a losing game. You have addicted this beautiful song about how a friend's boyfriend smokes all of Amy's treasured weed, and it's just fucking perfect. That wasn't on my. That wasn't on my album. Well, it was. Uh, it was. It's been on every single one. It's on the one on Spotify.
0: It was not on the one that I purchased in Atlanta, Georgia in 2008 from the Best Buy on La Vista Road.
1: Well, here, let's play a little bit of the song. Let's just do that. Don't make no difference. I love that so much Don't make no difference If I end up alone I'd rather have myself And smoke my homegrown It's got me addicted Does more than any dick did It's just It's such a weird song On an album of all This super Super Heavy emotional shit Why it's do you just, think
0: They put it on there? Because
1: she loves weed And I think that But why she, not
0: put it on But like It's also
1: an upbeat Fun way to end the record After something so heavy So America so what I'm was just like Fuck like, you
0: Fuck your feelings we gonna let you be sad. And the UK was like, hey, we can't do that to some Yeah,
1: I love that. I just think it's such a great song, man. It's such a great song. I think it's a, po- I I a positive.
0: I heard some of it, it's but a- I was like, oh, this is a weed song. It's, cool.
1: it's, But it's such a fun way to end the record. Right, you want to do some facts and we'll get you out of here?
0: I'll do fix. What a fix. I'll go back to facts. You want me to do it? Facts. <laughs> you want me to sing it? Go ahead. I'll go back to Facts.
1: Facts. 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 (laughs) Do it again. I'm going to go low. Facts. Facts. (laughs) All right. In 2005, Amy began dating Dead Eyes Needle Dick. Two years later, the two got married. One year after their marriage, uh, he was sentenced to 27 months in jail for assault and attempted battery due to his involvement in a bar fight. he admits not he, on her though. No, not on her. But, but I mean, who knows? We uh, he uh, Needle Dick admits he was the one that introduced Winehouse to heroin. Her drug addiction became worse once he went to prison. Uh, he will always be infamous for introducing one of the greatest artists of all time to, which is Amy Winehouse, to heroin. So let me ask you this: mm. How? Would you now recognize A toxic relationship Whether it be love Family or friendship
0: Um And
1: how do you get out of it too Like Like give our listeners Some advice
0: I think sometimes When it comes to Uh Um When I live When I have When I like someone Or I love someone I have a tendency To put blinders on And so I Now that I am Older I don't have the same Blinders Because the blinders that I have Are starting to come down With people So because I'm trying to see people For who they really are And those blinders are coming down I think when you love someone Depending on how you love People can take advantage of that So I think you have to be very It's hard to be truthful with yourself So if you can't be truthful with yourself You just have to see if Everyone loves differently But if you can't be completely truthful with what's happening, can you be truthful in the fact or pay attention to the fact if that person is loving you in the way that you need to be loved? Not only is like, because one of my love languages is gift giving. So I, that's just what I do. I like to give people stuff just because it's how I communicate love to people because, and it doesn't have to be something expensive. It was just like, could be an empanada. Could be an empanada, could be something, could just be feeding my friends. Um, but if you're with somebody and that's not their love language and say theirs is attention, then you have to pay attention to the fact of how this person loves, shows you, and expresses love. And if that person is not expressing love to you in the way that you understand and you tell them and nothing changes, then that's not a good person for you because I'm not saying. You can't change somebody, but somebody who loves you can change for you. Because if you really love somebody, you will love them the way they need to be loved. That's what I got from the entire album was like, oh, girl, you are in a bad spot. And if I had listened, I would have let that go. But when you think about like Back to Black and all these other songs, it's. None of the songs, none of the songs say that the relationships came to an end. Yeah, that's true. None of the not a single song on that album said, and it was done. And I was like, well, it, 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 it went because on.
1: I think it went on until she died. It
0: did um, go on until she died. Yeah. Because a relationship because relationships like this are what kill you. Relationships like this are what kill you. Relationships are what kill you mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. These are the relationships that break you because it's to a point where you're just like, I have to fix me, I have to fix this. I have to fix this. And it's not even fixed, it's just sometimes, the reason me and this man kept going back together is because I wanted closure. I wanted to be done. And in those moments when I thought where I was done, I had to, I always thought that closure had to come from him we had to come together and be like, all right, we were doing this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fucking years. One of us has to go, we're done. And the other one goes, you're right. And that never happened. So that's why it kept going. Because I never went, I'm done and I'm done. I don't care if he's not done. And that's what this is. And that's what a lot of this shit is. And. She was the same age that I was probably when she started dating this fucking man. If she died at 27, you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, she's a baby.
0: I was in my early 20s when this bullshit started. She was in her early 20s when this bullshit started. So I could understand because you're in your 20s. She's a
1: baby. She doesn't know. And I was a baby. I know that. And that's 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 what I'm saying is that that's what you need to take out of this. And, And I think what everybody... Elsa needs to think about why that, that relationship happened because we're all like why would you be Amy why would you be with Needle Dick like why would you because be with you're this? fucking because 23. you're 23 you're a fucking baby all you're right an idiot yeah all right Amy's father Mitch Winehouse drove a London cab so he could test out how back to black would sound in a normal listener's environment he would play CDs of her mixes in the car that he was driving I think that is great uh, do your parents fanboy out of your career
0: I don't know. Uh, My mother's very proud of me. I actually, I just did this thing for um, OWN and Aussie TV called Black Women on the Conversation. And the episode I did was about motherhood and they filmed it in Atlanta, so I brought my mom. So, and then when I like did Steve Harvey a couple years ago, my mom and me just happened to be in Chicago at the same time. So I brought my mom. But my mom has always been really supportive. She is part of the reason that I do stand up. Um, but my mother's always been supportive. So I don't know if it's a fanboy. Well, she might because she um she got like this heat press machine and all this other stuff for making like t shirts and stuff. And so I was in Bus Magazine like a couple months ago and so she printed the like the picture of me from Bus Magazine on like this satin pillowcase and gave it to me when I came home. So and she made like another t shirt. She's like, Deuce, you can have merch. So now she's like making all these T shirts and stuff with me on it. So I think oh, she does. That's fucking do.
1: I want a t-shirt. Um, you want
0: a me t-shirt? I'd rather give you a pillowcase so you can lay next to me every night.
1: Alright, last one. The last recording Amy did was a duet of the classic 1930 jazz standard body and soul with famed crooner Tony Bennett. Mm. While acknowledging the sadness of her passing, Tony praised Amy as a true jazz singer. Mm. Well, she was, man. And, and that's coming from one of the greats. Uh, the last song played at Amy's memorial service was Carol King's So Far Away, which I listened to after I read that fact last night, and it's so beautiful. Listen to that on Spotify. Go listen to Carol King's So Far Away. It's a great song. Uh, what would be your swan song? Played at your funeral.
0: Mm. Knock if you buck. No, knock, <laughs> knock
1: if you buck. Knock if you buck. What I'm a ripper, screamer,
0: how you just sound like Bone thugs in harmony um, <laughs>
1: I think I did Is it, Yeah I did I, I would was,
0: play I, was, I would play the original Crossroads mm-hmm. That's not the original mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. On the original album of, I'm gonna miss my uncle Charlie Listen On the original release Of East 99 That was not the version Of Crossroads It was a completely Different version When they did the ra- When they did a second Release of that That song was a radio Single That the Next release of East 99, they made Crossroads. It was just an extra. It's like a bonus. So you track. want
1: the original, original? I want
0: the original. Peter, Crossroads.
1: play a little bit of the original. He's probably Crossroads. gonna have to go on YouTube. It, though you you on, you so, so, so. Final thoughts on the album. Uh,
0: I can't listen to it anymore. Because it makes me have flashbacks, So I can't listen to it. Like, I can't listen to it for fun. Only song is probably um, No Good. Because it makes me think of that Diary of your London call girl show. But or rehab's like fun to sing at karaoke. Um, I tried to do Back to Black at karaoke and it made me sad. So like that whole, I can't.
1: It touched you. I can't, I can't just touch you. It brings that. That's exactly what I, what I love about music, man. It makes you think about a, a moment in your life, and and I agree with that. I, I think this album, not only deserves to be on this list, I think it could be a little bit higher. I think um, I hate that we have to talk about her drug use and we have to talk about her death. Uh, because well, why do you
0: have to talk about her drug use? Because like the songs are about the drug use.
1: It's just because that's when you talk about Amy Winehouse. It's it's not you've talked about the full story of it. You can't just because it all adds to what was going on when this with this record. You have to talk about that that dickhead to get to the bottom of this record where he should be forgotten. Yeah, and she shouldn't be. She should still be here. She should be one of the biggest stars in the world because I think she would have been on Madonna level of fame. But but when you when you add heroin and a tumultuous relationship into the mix and fame and money and all that other stuff that's the downfall and that's what happens to so many people and it's it's sad because this is a great record man this is this is one that i'm really sad to have to put down and pick up another record now because i really wanted to spend more time with it because i loved it so much um and even though we didn't do every song on it it's just every song on it is fantastic Dulce. Hi. I love you to death. Thank you for coming you on. Thank you for being so honest. It, it was great. It was really great. Holy Kentucky. That was an incredible episode. Big thanks to my girl, Dulce Sloan. For all things Dulce Sloan, go to her website, DulceSloan.com You also can find her on all social media at Dulce Sloan. Don't forget to watch her as a correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on Comedy Central. Also, her half-hour Comedy Central Presents premieres on October 25th. Also, she'll be appearing in the upcoming animated Fox series The Great North. I'll be posting Dulce Spotify mixtape, and you can find that and every guest mixtape at the 500 website, which is the500podcast.com. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com, and follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Please subscribe on Spotify, your favorite platform, or listen to the podcast anywhere you get your pods. And if you're listening on Apple, leave a rate and review now. We just listened to Amy Winehouse from 2006. For new music this week, my man, music director with a plan, Matt Pinfield, selected Ari Lennox, who is an R&B singer from Washington, D.C., who was inspired by artists like Erica Badu and Amy Winehouse. She caught the ear of the one and only J. Cole, who immediately wanted to work with her. Listen to her new single, Up Late, on Spotify, and you can check out the link on our website, the500podcast.com. Now, if you're wondering why we do this, it's because I want my listeners that are in bands that need a help getting a break to send us their music. So if you're in a band and you're directly influenced by one of these albums or artists that we're breaking down and you see it coming up on the list, send your music to the 500podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put the album and the artist that influenced you in the subject line next week. Is Jackson Brown week with his 1973 album, For Everyman. Listen to it on Spotify, because you got some homework to do. Stay fleecy. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Well hey friends, my name is Zach Luperton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road.